bed. We're going to give Dennis our attention tonight, so we want to invite you up here now. I'm Dennis and I'm an alcoholic. <clears throat> Hi on Zoom. I'm supposed to tell you about step one and how it affected me. And uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. The last month I was drunk, everything just went to hell in a handbasket. And uh, <clears throat> in the midst of, of course, breaking up with my girlfriend, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have. Woke up the next morning, and I called my brother, and I went out and found him on his route. He was a mailman. He said, well, I can give you the number of hotline, family crisis where I could take you to an AA meeting. I said, well, what's this AA stuff? He said, well, I'm supposed to ask you not to drink the rest of the day. I said, you know, I don't drink till 6 o'clock. <laughs> he said, well, he said, you're going to have to abstain tonight. I said, okay. So he took me to Zion Lutheran Church on uh, out in Wesleyville, Gray and Eastern Avenue, I think is the address. And like tonight, you know, we walked in there and everybody's talking and having a good old time. I said, geez, these seem like really nice people. We had to leave early because we had to go play music that night. So we're walking out the door and he goes, Hi, I'm Bob Casey and I'm an alcoholic and I got to go to work. Ha ha ha. And I said, I'm Denny Casey, and I, I'm an alcoholic, too, and i got to go to work, too. <laughs> so we got out in the car, and he says, what do you think? I said, about what? He said, they th do you think they can help you? I said, I don't see how they can help me. He said, well, you just took the first step. I said, what? He said, well, you told him you were an alcoholic. I said, well, I only said it because you said it. <laughs> He said, well, there's this club down on East 6th Street, and our old butcher hangs around there. We used to have a corner grocery store, and Gene A. was the owner of it. He said, why don't you just start hanging out there since nobody's ringing your phone off the hook. And, you know, you're sitting there staring at the friggin' wall all day waiting to get drunk that night. So down there I went. Before I go on, the first step was the absolute hardest step for me to take. Because I was in denial, because I knew my brother drank more than I did. That was where I was at. So I started going to the club, and I would go to the club during the day, and then Bob would pick me up and take me to meetings at night. So basically I went to 180 meetings in 90 days. <clears throat> then I went completely nuts and they put me in the nut house. 
Because I had all this drunken thinking and trying to adjust to AA's thinking. And needless to say, I wasn't doing too good with that because I just couldn't grasp the fact. I was in denial, that's what it was. And they kept telling me that denial wasn't a river in Egypt. That's how the old timers talked. And I didn't go to any detox or anything like that, but there was probably 500 years of sobriety in that club at that time when I was getting sober. So we were sitting in Dominic's one day and he keeps telling me, he says, you gotta get a sponsor, you gotta get a sponsor. So sitting at the counter there was Butch. I said, you know, he'd be a perfect sponsor for me because I have a bad eye and he stutters. <laughs> Which made perfect sense to me. So Bob gets up out of his seat and he, he goes and he asks Butch to be my sponsor. Boy, that really pissed me off. I said, you know, I'm supposed to do that. He said, well, I was just covering for you. Okay. So me and Butch hooked up and, you know, I could ramble on like this for hours on end because he could never interrupt me. And I was yak, 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 all the time. And, uh, but he was a good sport. He was a good egg. He treated me well. And uh, he's since passed on. But him and I went through the steps and uh, slowly things began to sink in. I wasn't well. I was, I was kind of like in the ozone somewhere. Uh, my mind was going a million miles a second. But I finally after retracking everything and going over with Butch and the fact that I drank seven days a week and got in jackpot after jackpot running my mouth and all kinds of garbage like that yes I finally admitted I was an alcoholic this was after about six months in the program and basically <coughs> after that the rest of the steps kind of fell into place. And uh, we'll get into that at another time. But I can talk longer about stuff. How long am I supposed to talk? <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> so I was going to meetings every day. And, uh, and by the way, the, the uh, nut ward, they told me if I, if I didn't act crazy, and, uh, and I told them the next day I wanted to get out and go home, they would let me go, which they did. And what they'd done, they'd put me on this hell doll, which made me worse than when I went in, of course. So I went home and I flushed them down the toilet. And uh, I decided AA wasn't for me. So I had this apartment by uh, Raven Sound. They were my uh, landlords. And I had a little mu music studio in the school. And one day, Jim Madden walked in. Oh no, I said Jim Madden, no. <laughs> like, 
like, like he really cares. Anyway, so we started talking. Then we made a song together, and it was a lot of fun. We spent a couple hours. I said, uh, so uh, what's with this AA anyway? He said, well, they're helping me. Let's go have a cup of coffee, he said. So we went next door, and we talked for an hour. And he convinced me to go back to meetings, which I did. And I became the coffee maker at Willow Run, which broke the ice a lot with people. And uh, I started to get to know people. And uh, of course, we were infamous anyway, Bob and myself at that time, for you older folks. <laughs> but uh, I started to listen to what was going on in here. My mind wasn't capable of it when I first got here. I, I mean, I was just a total wreck. And uh, <clears throat> the uh, coffee making at Willow Run started to connect me to the program. And uh, I started hanging around with old timers and I went sailing with Gene, you know, like all of us did, or some of us older people. In fact, he took me out one time in a 55 mile an hour wind, and he takes his one one man sailing vessel, and he stands it up on a wave, and he turns it around, and he goes back into the yacht club, and I'm like, doom, doom, doom. <laughs> So I stood right in the middle of the boat, you know, thinking, well, you know. So he says, well, did you have fun? I said, well, what happens if you, if you uh, fall over? He was 76. He said, well, I taught you how to run this thing. I said, you did? He said, yeah, yeah, that one did. And yeah, like, okay, yeah. I'm definitely the land lover. But Gene was a, he was a great influence on me. And uh, he was my grand sponsor. And uh, I started to latch on to a lot of the old timers and uh, became. Uh, uh, the, but the, I got it. The second week I was there, I was at Willow Run, and I'm up there talking like I am now. And Dick Hurdle yells out, He's an effing miracle! Only <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't say effing. <laughs> That was one of my more coherent days, I guess. But uh, today, step one is, is uh, incorporated into my life. When I wake up in the morning, I ask God for help because I'm an alcoholic and uh, I know it today. Or it's, people say, I'm glad to know I'm an alcoholic. Well, I'm one of those people because it's given me a life that I, I could never even have dreamed of. The, uh, if, I'd have, if I'd have had my own way, I'd have probably been dead 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's thanks to God and you people for educating me. And, uh, and uh, like today, I had to I was powerless today. <laughs> Over my snowblower. Oh my God. <laughs> it's 
So somehow this string gets caught in my snowblower, this, this for, a, for a weed whacker. And the pin on the other side of the auger snapped at both ends so you couldn't see where the hole was. You know, we all have a lot of jokes for that, but <laughs> we decided to drill a hole. So we drilled a hole through there. And you know, there's a whole lot of like running around looking for tools and all that stuff. And it was just a hair too small for the nut and the bolt. And they said, well, go get a smaller bolt. They don't make smaller bolts than that. So I said, well, I'll just ream it up. Because the guy was trying to like use a bit and on the whole nine yards. So I go to get my drill. I can't find the freaking charger. And away we go. You know, and it's you know, the old mine is starting to rip and roar. So and my wife's kinda looking at me, you know, you alright? So anyway, I had to admit finally I was powerless over my snowblower machine. And uh, tomorrow's another day, and I'll live to fight again. <laughs> but even that's part of the first step. Because, you know, years ago, oh, man, I don't know it only got drunk. That thing might have been in pieces laying along the highway someplace. <laughs> but... Uh, Slowly, I, I think AA just wore me down. I'm just... That, and I reached 80 years old, which is an absolute unbelievable to me. But uh, that'll slow you down a little too. So anyway, I, uh, I'm certainly grateful to this program for basically sticking with me when... Uh, I didn't have much going on and uh, the friends I've made in here are uh, it's just amazing to me it's a, if you it, I was looking for love in all the wrong places I lived in all the wrong places I literally lived where I and it was yeah it was it was yeah I was a rock star <laughs> But I was freaking miserable, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was, it was just, and, and I kept playing when I first came here too. And the timing of everything in my mind was no longer right. It, no matter what I did, the first few months I was here, it's like I was out of step with life, and because uh, I was definitely caught in between playing music for a living and coming here because you know it's two different animals there and uh, but I remember once I uh, caught on to what was going on here and started to understand the language that uh, life fell into a different rhythm it 
it was when I first came here I said how is this going to replace playing music you know in my mind and then I found out and uh, once I did I'm like the stress level went it was gone because Dennis knows a little bit I mean if he is if he isn't nervous before he plays he's been around people that are you 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 have that apprehension until everything works and and you know it's going to be okay but uh that's all gone there's no stress there and uh, uh my only uh gig this year was uh, the talent show <laughs> yeah. and they couldn't fire me because i didn't charge them anything so <laughs> so you, you, that's that's enough for my part. You get the idea. I I, I finally settled down, and here I am today, and uh, and I'm just a uh, AA is the best thing in the world as far as I'm concerned, and it saved my life, it saved my ass, saved my family. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. So now we have time for questions. If you've got a question for Dennis, raise your hand. So Dennis, after you came in and got sober and got involved in AA, did you decide then to stop playing in the clubs? No, I kept playing. How did you manage being around all that alcohol but being in AA as well? Well, at first my brother was sober. So we were both in the same band. And uh, so we were sort of our own little AA going on there for a while. And uh, it, and I kept thinking of what Brad Swanson used to say, you can swim in an ocean of it if you don't open your mouth. So that, that went on through my head. And actually I enjoyed the actual music part anyway. And what we would do is we usually would get drunk slowly as the night went on. So I just didn't do that. And uh, I would hide on the brakes and things like that, uh, basically. But uh, slowly I phased it out. In fact, we ended up, uh, my friend Linda and I ended up doing senior citizen homes. So we weren't playing in the bars anymore. To, uh, and she was another one who policed what was going on and we cut things down to like one night a week which is not five six and seven and uh, VFWs and things like that they're they're pretty well policed as far as drunks harassing you or whatever because even when I was drinking if I was sober and you were drunk I hit the road I didn't even want to hear anything anybody had to say <laughs> but if I was drunk and you're drunk hey then we're good you know <laughs> Do you, do you think you became a better musician after you got sober? Good question. I never thought about that. Uh, yeah, because I started to record and uh, I learned how to do all the ins and outs and a couple people in AA who have the same kind of gear that I do they were showing me how to do it and back and forth and uh, 
and I even made a CD and uh, I did the label and the whole nine yards but there's two of them left I think and I have them both <laughs> nobody did. but they were fun to make I, I used my obsessive compulsive behavior to work like 16 hours in a row on a song and not even know what time it was when it, it'd be like three o'clock in the morning I'm like oh maybe I ought to go to bed <laughs> you know I don't know but yeah yeah I think I'm a better musician now great thanks Dennis thank you you asked me a question I write you a book <laughs> Dennis, thank you for talking tonight with us. Um, since you were so well versed with denial and, and really had a good grip on that, what has been your experience working with newcomers that maybe are struggling with that same thing, um, being in denial and, and, and not really being able to accept and surrender? It's funny you should ask because last Thursday, the Gage House came to the club. After we leave here, we go to the so I think Carrie and, and kind of give this guy an elbow and told him to come and ask me to be a sponsor. So he comes up and he asks and I said, well, call me every night for a month and let's see what happens. So he called me two days in a row and you could see this guy ain't buying it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he just ain't buying it. And uh, the third day, no phone call. So I called there and I said, oh, he left. <laughs> that was it. I said, oh, that's too bad. And Maureen says, oh, there'll be many more where he came from. You know? <laughs> so that's my latest experience with denial right there. Dennis doesn't have it. Some people walk in here and boom. The concept just is there for him. And the fact that Dennis is another musician makes a lot of difference to me because that gives us something in common that we can back and forth and uh, it helped break the ice but my track record with uh, with uh, uh, sponsoring people uh, most of them went out but I didn't that's big so I was always willing to try but but uh, that doesn't seem to work for the people that Sponsee me. <laughs> anyway, that's all I know about that. But this one here, I mean, he was he was kind enough to like quit in two days, so I didn't have to go through any mental gymnastics or anything. <laughs> I'd say his name, but I don't want to break his anonymity. <laughs> it's not Sudan. Okay. Yeah. Who else has a question? Hey, Richard. Brian. Um, um, if you, when you first started out, what was the uh, best piece of advice you got, and what's the best piece of advice you can give a newcomer like myself? When I first came here. They told me to stop throwing bombs, the war's over. That's one of the things they said. Another thing they said is do 90 meetings in 90 days, take the cotton out of your ears and stuff it in your mouth, 
learn to listen to listen to learn and uh, even though this stuff was going past me left and right I was absorbing it and I didn't really realize it and at some point in time you never really get AA AA gets you if you show up here and you have the sense that God gave you oh I said God <laughs> having a higher power is big be willing to admit that there's something greater than you let me tell you when I got here in the midst of all that craziness I said do these freaking people know who they're dealing with here <laughs> like, like I was somebody you know what I mean <laughs> But uh, the meeting makers make it came along as a slogan later on, and uh, I definitely related to that. And uh, some of the some of the signs they took off the wall, you know, like no pain, no gain. That used to be a sign at the club. It's no longer there. I guess they want to pamper these newcomers. In. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> so any new covers, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, there's so much to tap into here. The, the the thing that confused me a lot was keep it simple, stupid, because there's so much information to absorb here. And the, the struggle that I had more than anything was to learn the language of AA because it was totally foreign to me coming in here. I mean, none of the th gratitude, oh my God, are you kidding me? I didn't even know there was such a word. I mean, I would, <laughs> I blame God and everybody for my demise. Everybody but me. And I had to be taught to get out of my own way. And every single day Eileen would say that to me. Dennis, get out of your own way. You're in your own way. Every single day. It was so annoying. <laughs> and she loved it. Boy, she was sticking the needle in all the time. God bless her. She passed away too. But... Uh, it was things like that, that that penetrated through the wall I had because for me these were over there and I was over here well that ain't going to work it just does not work and the first step is all encompassing all of the things that I'm saying right now because you have to learn to make that adjustment in here and and for you younger folks sticking with old timers you're not doing them a favor they're doing you a favor and that was something else and even though when I was young I always related to older people so so I didn't have a problem uh, coming in and, and relating to older people because I always related to older people because 
if I didn't know something, I did have enough sense to go ask somebody who did, which brings me back to the day. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. And then I'm praying. Oh, God. Please help me. Please help me find my... Yeah. and it builds and it builds and it builds and uh, yes sir Terry how you doing (laughs) love you man love you so anyway that's my take on what people told me when I came here Dennis, Jeff, alcoholic. Um, you know, you said you were in denial uh, toward, at the end there, up until the end, but you, you know, you didn't get into a lot of details. But I don't know why, but lately I've been thinking about my last few years of drinking, and, and I really think that uh, in my case, I took step one way before I stopped drinking. I knew I was powerless over alcohol, I knew my life was unmanageable, but I just didn't know what the alternative was couldn't conceive of a life without alcohol. Um, do, do you see, you know, both types there with, with uh, your experience in sponsoring guys? And, and, and do you think you really were in denial about, you know, being powerless and having an unmanageable life? Or did, they, did that kind of dawn on you after you stopped? That dawned on me after I stopped. See, I used to justify it. I'd say, hey, that's how I make my living, you know? Got to be there. Yeah. Hey, can you give me another one? Yeah. But you know, and then I would say things like, "Well, you know, I can loosen up a little bit, you know, and let her rip, you know, and all this stuff." That's how I justified it. But I knew that Bob was completely out of control when he was done. So, and I got to watch that. So, so I'm comparing myself to him, of course, and. Uh, the, uh, and it, it, he got into some more exotic stuff than I did and things like that and uh, so the denial definitely came from the fact that that's how I made a living you know and I, so I'm sitting there and I'm justifying it which is a load of crap because basically when I started playing music if you couldn't get high playing music you're wasting your time with that other stuff anyway. You don't even need it. Because music itself, playing it with other people as a team, the the product, you can't get any higher than that. You just can't. Because every endorphin in your body is, is just with the program. So somewhere, and in fact, when I was young, I was against drinking. I say, you guys, you know, I pay you money. What are you doing drinking? Well, you know, we got rid of that quick because I just bellied up to the bar with them. But uh, as far as uh, sponsoring people and denial, except for this kid that didn't call (laughs) and the one that left town after a week, I don't think I've had to deal with that. But uh, I, I do remember when I was younger, probably about 35 years old, and we we're all drunk and hoodows, you know, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and the bass player says, You think we're alcoholics? 
I said, oh no, we don't go to that meetings. <laughs> and uh, later on, looking back, that, that was his moment of clarity. Unfortunately, he never made it here, but uh, <clears throat> I was into the bar scene. I was a ringleader. I was, I'm not even going to tell you some of the stuff that went on that we thought was just normal stuff to us. But uh, you can, yeah, you can think of it whatever for yourselves, but the things that were going on. Anyway, uh, thanks for the question, Jeff. Somebody on Zoom have a question? Hi, my name's Amber, recovering alcoholic. Hey, Amber. Hey, Danny. Hey, Amber. Um, while you were talking, I, I was thinking about uh, walk slow and drink water. Uh huh. And I wanted to see if we could connect that to um, step one. And I also wanted to say thank you for saying that you did nine, the 180 meetings in 90 days in the beginning, that you took step one coming in, but then that you, you know, appeared at a, a mental place and got prescribed medication, but you found your solution in AA. So I just wanted to say thank you, but I wanted to hear about walk is slow and drink of water, please. All right, good to see you. Yeah. Good to be seen. All right. That's my take on step one. Thank you.